0: I, uh, I opened a fresh packet of coffee this morning and uh, I, I don't know about you but I love that smell. I love the smell of like a fresh packet of coffee and uh, I didn't just think of my sermon this morning but it did make me think about, I've been, last week when Graham was preaching he talked about smell and incense and fragrance and it just kind of, I started to think about that. I started to think about smell and could you preach a sermon on smell so, yeah, you can, because I'm going to. <laughs> the power of smell. I, I don't know about you, but I like, there are different smells, things that we smell. There are you know, brand new coffee in the morning. When I smell uh, a cold fire burning in a damp place, it reminds me of my childhood in Belfast. It was a damp place, you know, but it's very nostalgic. Or when, I don't know if you love the smell of cut grass, it kind of makes me think summer's on the way, although... You know, here we have it, shining brightly. Uh, You know, there are lots of different things that happen. That lots of smell is evocative. There are different smells that we, you know, that when I was in Malaysia and they have a thing called durian, which basically smells like dead animals, and they eat it. And and but it's, it's to them it's beautiful. But so I was saying, how can you eat this? And they said to me, how can you eat Stilton? To us, it smells like the same as durian smells to you. So we, we're all very connected to smell. It's one of the senses that you know, most of us have during the COVID thing. There were people who, when they had it, they lost their sense of smell. And that would be interesting and weird. When I was, when I was young, uh, we, had, we had lots of... I don't know if you ever had like, grandparents or people like that, older people in your life who bought you aftershave <laughs> or perfume. Here are some of the, just if, you're not, if you weren't born in the 70s, don't worry, just let this flow right over your head. Here are some of the classics of smell, Old Spice. Actually, they're now doing it again, by the way. Brute, I think, still exists. Who on earth would come up with a woman's perfume called Tramp? I'm just gonna spray some tramp on myself. Uh, Charlie, that was another great woman's perfume. Uh, either it was a reference to uh, cocaine or to uh, Charlie's angels. I'm probably thinking Charlie's angels. Uh, Panache, another great one. Someone. Uh, my worry this morning was I took the mickey out of this and someone actually had it on, you know. Uh, but no, I, I don't know if you've ever had Higher Karate, which kind of like. I looked at some of the adverts, the actual vi- visual adverts. We just couldn't show them because they're offensive. So, you know, higher karate, another great aftershave. Uh, I've tried them all. Well, all the men's ones, you know. I've, I've, I've worn them all at some point in my life. And I actually like uh, aftershave. I, 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 we could go on, you know, there's cool water, isn't there? There's all sorts of... There was one called denim. What does denim smell of? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, there's all sorts. And we, I, I guess we, most of us like to smell good. We, well, most of us don't like to smell bad. We like people to tell us. I would be one of those guys, if my breath smelled, I'd want you to tell me. If I smell of sweat, I'm looking now. I'm getting nervous. But if, <laughs> all right, Brian, see you afterwards. If, if I smell of sweat, I'd want someone to say, Brian, you smell a bit sweaty. Go and have a wash. I'd, I'd want that. Wouldn't you? Okay. There's a few of us that would. A few of us would just like, Nah. Actually, I like smell that much. I, I have a weird—I don't know if it's weird, right? But I like to put aftershave on before I go to bed. I don't know. I was—I was away on this retreat recently, but these—I don't know. What, but these—I was with these. I was in a room. Is this weird? I don't know. I was with these three other guys. We're sharing a room, and I just put my aftershave on, and they were like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I said, just put some like nighttime aftershave on," and they were like, "That's—I don't know." There's just something about like who. I don't like musty, sweaty bed smell. So I'd rather like just anyway. I I love the smell of garlic. I do. I mean, I love all sorts of smells. And here's a here's a really uh, here's a genuine question: Does God smell, or what does God smell? And (laughs) I believe he does. In fact, when. uh, After Noah had landed the, not landed the ark, but the ark had come on dry ground. And, you know, in the Bible, we read about Noah's ark. And, you know, eventually Noah comes to safety. And the first thing that Noah does is he builds an altar. And it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma And said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Seemingly God smells. In Deuteronomy 4 verse 28. uh, When God is talking about idols he said there you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone which cannot see or hear or eat or smell by implication god tells a man-made god's idols can't smell but that probably he can psalm 115 verse 3 to 6 says this our god is in heaven he does whatever pleases him but their idols are silver and gold made by human hands They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, they have ears but cannot hear, and noses but cannot smell. But God can. God can smell. I'm not just like, maybe this is just some sort of weird anthropomorphism, you know, it's just kind of like me putting human attributes onto God. But if God can smell, why? Why would God want to smell, you know? And I think it's this, I think it's because of worship and prayer. If you read in the Psalm 142, verse 1-2, to 2, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me, hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense, may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. When we pray, it's like incense rising up. Revelation 5 verse 8 says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. This is the Bible. This is the end time. This is, you know, at the end of it all. This is what happens. Each one had a harp and they were and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Are... Uh, our prayers, our worship, it rises like incense to God. And when you say, Well, when's it a prayer? When's it worship? Well, tell me, when is a psalm a prayer and when is a psalm a song? When we were singing this morning, were we just singing songs or were we praying? Was I just worshiping or was I praying? That's, for me, there's a, it's hard to tell. The difference sometimes I think they blur the lines and I think the Psalms are like that often they are praise to God often they are worship to God but often they are prayers whenever we sing sometimes in the morning we're praying as much as we're worshiping and it rises up like incense to God and he finds it pleasing and it says in Revelation 5 verse 9 they sang a new song you are worthy you are worthy and I, Whenever we, sometimes on a Sunday morning, we're singing these songs and it's worship and it's rising like incense to God. God loves the scent of our prayer and our worship. It's pleasing to him. It's pleasing. He doesn't demand it. He can't make us do it. He isn't going to love us if we don't sing songs, if we don't worship him. He isn't going to forbid us to come into heaven if we don't pray more than the one sinner's prayer. That's not the God who we follow. But he is a God who finds our praise, our worship, our prayer pleasing. It pleases him. When we come to him and we offer our lives and we offer the sacrifice of our lives in prayer and worship, God finds it pleasing leviticus 2 verse 2 the priest shall take a handful of the flour and oil together of all the incense and burn this as a memorial portion on the altar a food offering an aroma pleasing to god pleasing to god an aroma that's pleasing to god does anyone else have scented candles i always felt very adult when we got scented candles or diffusers i don't i don't get them right because they smell for a day don't they Unless you go to like White Company and get some really good ones. But, do you know what I mean? They generally they fade really quickly. But the scent of a candle, it, it fills a room if it's a good candle. A diffuser, it, you know, it kind of spreads a smell around. And, you know, when we worship, when we pray, it's, it's, it's a pleasing aroma. It's something that is beautiful. In Exodus chapter 30, we, uh, we hear about the incense that was burned in the temple. And in Exodus 30, verse 1, it said, make an altar of acacia wood for burning incense. First verse of Exodus 30. And then there are over 20 mentions of the word incense in Exodus. And maybe... 50 in total if you look into numbers and other books of the bible there's a regular and constant reference to incense when it comes to the old testament and the people of god when they were setting up the temple the place to worship god the place to come and meet with god it was called the tent of meeting it implies that they came and they met met with him although it was only moses who could get in but there was a scent there was a smell every time a sacrifice was made, even if it was a grain offering. If so you, you had levels, right? If you were rich, you could, you could sacrifice like a cow. You know, if you were poor, you could sacrifice a pigeon or a dove, which, is, which, which uh, Mary and Joseph did whenever Jesus was born. They sacrificed a dove. So it was at like a kind of a level of like it, you didn't want to be excluded. So you, d- you could have a different, different kind of animal to kill and burn. I know that sounds really super weird. But one of the things that happened was that every time they sacrificed something, they poured incense on it. So there was a smell. There was always the smell of incense. The incense burnt, it says as well, in the temple. Uh, Aaron would go in, it would, he would light it in the morning and he would light it in the evening. It was like this night and day incense burning in the temple. It was, it was incense that covered our sacrifice. It was incense that covered people's worship. It kind of rose up to God. <laughs> and you should make... And there was like this even, right? I went online. There are recipes because it tells, in in Exodus, it tells the different ingredients that were in the the incense and people sell it now. You can buy it on Amazon. I went and looked and I thought that's a waste of time. Not not a waste, no, yeah, a waste of money probably more than time. But, you know, you can actually make your own incense. So incense was a link with worship and prayer and especially when you look at exodus chapter 30 it's also really linked to atonement which is where the lamb that was atoned for our sin that incense was part and worship was part of our salvation when they burn incense with the sacrifice of atonement they you know there was there was something that went on there it's symbolic And then you'll see as you go through the Bible, if you were just to follow the whole idea of incense and burning, that they continued to burn incense in the temple. And from Solomon, King Solomon, who came after David onwards, you will see that kings sinned when they burned incense to other gods. You know, 2 Kings 23, talking about the reformer king, Josiah, right at the end He did away with the idolatrous priests appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense on the high places of the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem. Those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and moon, to the constellations and to all the starry hosts. People started burning incense to other things, not just to God. And a question I was asking myself today would be, what do I worship? What do I burn incense to? I thought at first I should say, what sh- you know, who should I worship? But I think no, because when we worship, we worship something other than God. It tends to be a what, not a who. What do we worship? What do I worship? What do I give my time to? What do I give my life to? What do I burn before him? In Psalm 127, it talks about, in vain you rise early, in, in vain you go to bed late, you give yourself over to the bread of anxious toil. What am I rising early for? What am I going to bed late for that is anxious toil? That is What am I burning before God? What am I worshipping that's not really God? What am I giving my life to? That's a question I have to ask myself a lot. I'm so easily distracted. I can so easily worship other things. I can so easily just get focused in on something else. Before I know it, I'm starting to pray to the God of the lottery ticket rather than the God of my provision. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I look and I think, oh, I think I've told you this before. You know it's an issue. I don't buy them. But sometimes, like, do you see the 150 million one. So in your head, you think, right, God, I'm going to get a ticket. If I win, I'm going I'm to keep 10%, give you 90%. Do you know what I mean? And then I think, right, that's it. I'm going to win, and they never do. But you know what happens is you start. You just worship. You can spend like a whole two hours just dreaming about how you're going to spend your. Do you know what I mean? Your 15 million that you've got left from the 150, and what you're going to do with the other, and how you're going to bless all your friends around the world. And before you know it, I've chosen my car. I know where my house is. I, I've, you know, I've picked up the villa in Ibiza on the hills. I know the one exactly. I've got it. It's there. It's done. And it's all going on. And my mind's just running away with me. And I'm worshiping another god before I know it. It happens all the time. I just, it's just easy to do. We live in a we live in a world and a culture that distracts us with other things. It's all about keeping us happy, keeping us distracted, and we end up burning incense in the wrong area, worshiping the wrong thing. I'm not here as a. I'm telling you. I'm just talking about. This happens to me all the time. That I am. I, I get so easily distracted by my culture that I'm placed in that I live in. That it's difficult sometimes. When we were in uh, Borneo, Tracy and I, there was a. We were walking through the forest. We went to the rainforest. We stayed with this tribe of ex-headhunters a number of years ago, and uh, the guy was cutting. He had a, we had to, went for a walk, and you had to you had to be aware of leeches because leeches, you know, they they exist. They jump on your leg and they suck all your blood out. Not all your blood. They suck like like a milliliter or two of your blood out. But they're really unpleasant. Has anyone ever had a leech? Okay, just checking. Is there is there anyone here, a leech? No, so that's a whole other thing. But so le- leeches would jump on the neck. And anyway, so the guy's going along with a, with a machete, and he's chopping down this stuff. And as he chops the stuff down, he takes the leaves off, and he puts them to one side, and he says, I just want to make an offering to the trees, because we're, we're hurting the trees. And, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's really st- super strange. And do you know what that is? That's pantheism. It's he's actually worshipping the tree, not the creator of the tree. And sometimes we worship the creative thing, not the creator behind it. Sometimes we look and we, we get caught up in the creation, but we don't actually worship the creator behind creation. Pantheism is this kind of God is all and God is in all. And, you know, that tree is God, the universe is God. You know, it's kind of like a bit, it can, it can take us off down a very, and it's subtle at first, but we start worshiping the created rather than the creator. And our incense needs to be burnt to God. My worship, my prayer needs to be to him, not to the lottery ticket or 27 minutes on Instagram whilst I'm on the loo, you know, or whatever. So I was just a fault. <laughs> so how does this play out, really? How do we worship God? How do we? Because we can't always see him. Does he really smell? Is it just, have I just put something on him? Well, let's look at Jesus. Mark 14, verse 3 to 9 is a beautiful story. It's actually one of the few stories that's in all four of the Gospels. And when something is in all four of the Gospels, you just have to remember that kind of, that gives it just a little bit more weight. Not that any of the other stories don't have weight, but there's something important in this story. While Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head Truly, I tell you, whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. It's a fascinating story. It's almost a strange story. A woman breaks into a meal that was men, a men's only meal, because that's how, it, that's how they rocked back then. She comes in with a jar of nard, which roughly in today's price is about £25,000. Okay. We could all do with 25000 men. And she breaks it open and pours it all over Jesus. All of it. And once it was broken open, you couldn't, there was no getting it back. Once it was broken, it was out. It was gone. She breaks 25 grams worth of perfume and pours it all over Jesus. And so when you actually think about it, you can understand why there were people in the room a little bit shocked, surprised and disturbed by the fact that she was spending... You know, this, this was a waste, said Judas, interestingly. This was a waste. She poured perfume all over him. I have a friend called Johannes, Johannes Hartle. He said, it was a waste, but it was a beautiful waste. It was a beautiful waste. Uh, William Barclay in his commentary comments on a, one Scottish preacher who said, it was a bonny thing. It was a bonny thing. Sometimes... <laughs> When it comes to worship, we should do more than necessary. Sometimes when it comes to prayer, we should pray more than necessary. It's about pouring ourselves out to the one we love in adoration, in worship, in prayer. (laughs) When it comes to God, we should worship him more than is necessary. Francis Chan said, isn't it interesting that when we worship God, we come to someone who can't be described. The indescribable God is the God that we worship. The indescribable God is the one that we pour out our worship to. He is a beautiful person who deserves our worship and our prayer. And you know what they say? That this nard was so strong that when Jesus went to the cross, he still smelt of it. Do you understand that when he hung on the cross, he would have still smelt of the perfume. It would have clung to him. It was that strong. And then we go back to Exodus 30 and we hear about the atonement and the fact that every time a sacrifice was made, incense was put on it. God knew what he was doing. There was the incense of his broken life hanging on a cross as worship that would speak to each one of us. No wonder the disciples remembered that story. Because when they stood and watched Jesus, the evocative memory, one of the memories that we always hold is the memory of smell. And they would remember the smell of the nard on his body as he hung on the cross in sacrifice and atonement for us. And then they worshipped. <laughs> and in the end, do you know what that means? We smell. (laughs) We smell. Romans 12 verse 1 says this. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 to 16 says this. But thanks be to God. Who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. We smell. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death, and the other, a fragrance from life to life. We are the aroma of Christ. You know, in this two Corinthians here, when it says, "Who, thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession," Paul was harping back to something that would have happened probably once in the lifetime of most people within the Roman Empire: is when an, a, a, a great general, when a great general conquered somewhere, not not took something back, but conquered fresh land. They brought him back into Rome, and he was he took on a triumphant procession. And before him went those that were captured, and then after him was all the artifacts they'd captured. And then after him, people made some little models of the stuff that he had done. And then there were priests walking, burning incense, and there was garlands. And the and then behind him was the whole army marching behind the the, the general who had a, a Jupiter's crown hung over his head, and he's marching. And everyone behind him is going "Lo triumphe, lo triumphe," and they're shouting out, "You are triumphant! You are triumphant!" And as they parade through the land, you know, through the smell of the incense would have burnt and the garlands and the flowers would have been everywhere and everybody would have noticed it and everybody would have smelt it. And when the the parade had gone, you would still smell it because there'd be flowers lying around and the incense would still be in the air. And then Paul says this, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. This is Jesus. And and, and through us spreads the fragrance of knowledge of him everywhere lo triumphe. you know we wander around and we are the aroma of Christ (laughs) we are part of Christ's triumphal procession and through us his fragrance is diffused throughout the earth we are the aroma of Christ there is almost a divine exchange as we worship and pray we are infused with the aroma of heaven the aroma of Christ then we are called to diffuse that fragrance throughout the earth Malachi 1 verse 11 says for from the rising of the sun to its setting my name will be great among the nations and in every place incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name will be great among the nations says the Lord of hosts and so God does smell he smells us he smells our worship. He smells our prayer. But we should smell. We should be the aroma of Christ. When we enter a room, people should see something that is different. There should be something different about each one of us. I've noticed this. that If I buy cheap aftershave, it wears off. If I buy expensive aftershave, it lasts a little bit longer. Jesus is not some cheap aftershave that wears off but we should constantly be worshipping praying to him doing a bonny thing a bonny thing worshipping him praying to him and in that there is this divine exchange that somehow we then become the aroma of Christ to those around us we start to offer that smell to others we start to say to people, can I pray for you? Can I help you? Can I bring Christ to you? Graham so wonderfully last week talked about mission and carrying Jesus to others. We do that as we are the aroma of Christ. I'm going to pray, if that's okay. Father, I thank you that you smell. You smell. <laughs> you smell our worship you smell our prayers and I pray right now that in that moment we would know a divine exchange and Lord that you would touch each one of us with your spirit in order that we would be the aroma of Christ to this world that needs you come Holy Spirit for those of us that maybe have just stopped smelling a wee bit I pray you'd help us once again to connect with your fragrance for those of us that have never done that. Lord, I pray that you would lead us into relationship with you. But Father, we want to be your aroma in this world. Help us in that. In Jesus' name. Amen.